From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, Mike De Niro. Thank you so much for joining me on this Tuesday morning. Thank you for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean on a daily basis. If you don't already, follow the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod, on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod, and on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Also, check us out on YouTube. You don't want to miss all the clips that we post on YouTube, including interviews with the likes of Vince Russo, Nick Gage, Homicide, and a lot more to come. A lot of great things. Thank you so much for all the support. I have the greatest fans in the world, and I appreciate all the fans from all over the world, from Canada, Mexico, the UK, the United States, Indonesia. (laughs) I have fans all over the world. Thank you so much for all the support, guys. We really appreciate you guys here. So today's episode, we're going to be going back in time to NWA TNA episode 15, The Asylum Years, as we do every Tuesday. We're also going to be talking about the news and notes around the wrestling world, and I gotta get into last night's Monday Night Raw, because to be honest, I couldn't really get into it. And I'm gonna be honest, I turned the shit off. I turned it off. And I'm gonna tell you why I turned off Monday Night Raw mid-show here on today's episode on the Rest of the Lauren Podcast, so stay tuned because you're going to want to hear this because, honestly, I might be at my wit's end, and we're going to talk all about that, so let's get into the Superstack show right now. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for bringing me into your morning routine on a daily basis. I appreciate all the love and support. Thank you so much for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Without you, there is no us. So thank you so much for always riding, for always representing, and always supporting the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. So like we do every day, we're going to start out with the news and notes. Big news came out of WWE yesterday. Surprise, surprise, yet another release. Oh man, what is going on in the world of the WWE? Because right now, we have releases like crazy. We have people walking out like crazy. The latest name, the latest victim, the latest release is none other than the nature boy, Ric Flair. Now, whether you want to admit that Ric Flair is the man or not, whether you think that Ric Flair should even have a contract at this stage in his career or not, You cannot deny the fact that the Nature Boy Ric Flair is always a plus to have on the team instead of against the team. You want Ric Flair on the outside looking in? The Nature Boy Ric Flair? Now, 
it was reported that Ric Flair did go to WWE, did go to Vince McMahon and voice some concerns and voice some, uh, I guess, feedback. And Vince McMahon then released him the next, what, day or two? So, with Ric Flair being released, you know, this is not a typical, oh, well, maybe he'll go to AEW. I mean, shit, I wouldn't be surprised if he shows up on AEW for an appearance. But the fact of the matter is, is you're not even making your legends happy. People that are under Legends contracts are not even made happy. Like, something's wrong here. Something is wrong. You cannot even make your Legends happy? So, here's the thing. You, you, you release all these people, right? You're releasing everybody. There's no spot for Ric Flair, the Nature Boy, the 16-time world champion, styling, profiling, there's no, there's no spot for him. There's no cameo for him. There's nothing for Ric Flair. I mean, if the WWE's lacking anything nowadays, it's star power. And who bigger than Ric Flair? Two guys that I would keep on the Legends contract always would always be Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan. The two biggest names ever in professional wrestling. And if you want to name a third, I would always keep Stone Cold Steve Austin on the Legends contract. You need these guys to create buzz. You need these guys to have a ratings pop because the roster right now ain't doing it. Your show ain't doing it. I'm going to get into last night's Monday Night Raw and I'm going to tell you honestly, I turned the shit off after the first hour and a half. I was waiting to be entertained by the company that has entertainment in their name, and I was not. I was waiting to be entertained by the company that is supposed to put smile on the faces of the fans. And there was no smile on my face. Instead, I was bored shitless. But this is, you know, something that I will be getting into later on in the show. Right now, I'm going to still talk a little bit about the Nature Boy. So, okay. You release Ric Flair. You release Bray Wyatt. You release Braun Strowman. You release Aleister Black, Buddy Murphy. You release... You you let Daniel Bryan walk. You let Adam Cole possibly walk. We'll see if that happens. Then you have the next crop of talent that you're fucking basically ruining from NXT... The, the talent that you expect to deliver on Raw is not. And I will get into that too. For everyone's like, oh, who the fuck are you talking about? I'll tell you who I'm talking about. There's just so much going on with this company right now. And it's, it's sad. You know, I got really excited because WWE sold out the All-State Arena last night. Couldn't wait to see the show. But it's hard to watch three hours when the first hour is so bad that you can't sit through it. It's hard to stick around and watch the next two hours when you're so bored that you're basically falling asleep trying to stay up and follow what Charlotte Flair is talking about. You're so bored when you got fucking Nikki Ash running back and forth acting like a damn idiot 
But you know what? I'm not even I'm not even going to get on the women like that. It's not even the women who I'm mad at. Because the women actually was the highlight of the show last night. We're going to talk all about Raw in a minute, but back to Ric Flair. I just want to say, you know, Ric Flair would definitely land on his feet at this stage of his, you know, life. Hopefully, Ric Flair could just retire, go home, and relax, you know, enjoy the rest of his life. Wrestling is in his blood, so of course I see Ric Flair making appearances here and there for indies. I could see him doing signings. I could see him doing all that. But it's just... Surprising that not even the top legends in wrestling's history is safe from the budget cuts, from the releases, from the insane practices of the WWE currently. But whatever. It is what it is at this point, right? Speaking of Chicago, speaking of selling out, AEW has sold out the United Center for AEW's Rampage, the first dance, the show that possibly will have CM Punk's AEW debut. If CM Punk doesn't debut at that show, they're going to burn, the fans are going to burn the place down because it is teased so much at this point that if it doesn't happen, then I think that the fans will turn against the AEW. But we'll see what happens. Nonetheless, big news, AEW selling out the United Center, which is a massive, massive arena. The arena where the Chicago Bulls play in the heart of Chicago. Definitely an awesome, awesome feat for AEW to sell out. And I can't wait for Rampage. That second Rampage episode that will possibly have CM Punk on it. Whether he's on it or not, you know, that's going to be a raucous crowd. It's crazy that this is only for a a hour show. You would think that they would, you know, save this for a dynamite. But they are really trying to make it clear that Rampage is going to be treated like AEW Dynamite. It's not going to be an A show, B show situation. It's going to be more of a... A1, A2 situation. There's equal playing field. Dynamite and Rampage are going to be equal. It's just that one is two hours, one is three hours. So we'll see what happens. I can't wait to see what Dynamite, I mean what AEW Rampage entails. I can't wait to see how many matches they try to do. And I can't wait to see what exactly is the format of AEW Rampage. We'll have to wait till August 13th on TNT Friday night at 10 o'clock Eastern. And that second week will be August 20th, Friday night, 10 o'clock Eastern, live from a sold-out United Center in Chicago, possibly for the debut of CM Punk in AEW. Now, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, I'm going to talk about Monday Night Raw. I'm going to talk about what I saw from Raw, and I'm going to talk about why I turned Raw off. So, you don't want to miss this. Stay tuned. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We just don't don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. 
and Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm about to get into Monday Night Raw from last night, and I gotta say, I was not too pleased. But I don't think Raw is there to please me anymore. I don't think I'm the audience that Monday Night Raw is trying to please anymore. And it's a damn shame, because this is the show that I grew up on. This is the show that I rooted for during the Monday Night Wars in the 90s. Still to this day, when I'm every Monday where I'm doing the fight for Monday night, I still look at WCW as the enemy because I was rooting for the fucking WWF during that time period. And it's disheartening. It is heartbreaking for the fact that Monday Night Raw no longer caters to my needs. But that's okay because there's many wrestling companies out there that do cater to my needs. But for my fans, I talk about Monday Night Raw regardless. But it was just so unbearable to sit through last night that I had to turn it off. So I'm going to talk about why and what made me turn it off. So let's get into Monday Night Raw right now. So I was really excited because like I said, before Monday Night Raw even started, it was reported that Monday Night Raw sold out the Allstate Arena. Now the Allstate Arena has been notorious for being one of the most raucous crowds in the WWE And definitely made it known that every time WWE goes to the All-State Arena in Chicago, Illinois, it is a show to really watch because you know that that crowd is going to be either loving it or hating it, and they could easily hijack the show like that. So, I I was, you know, I I don't want anyone to hijack the show, but it's been a long time since the WWE had a real raucous, raucous crowd, right? So I was excited that Monday Night Raw was in Chicago. I was, in, I was excited that we were going to get a lively fan base here tonight. Show starts out with Bobby Lashley coming out. He comes out with MVP. MVP talks his shit about Goldberg. Says that Goldberg doesn't have what it takes anymore. You know, he says that Bobby Lashley is a destroyer. And at this stage of Goldberg's career, Bobby Lashley would absolutely maul him. Goldberg comes out. He gets mixed reactions, you know. You got some Goldberg, Goldberg chants while there's some boos. Uh, when Goldberg started talking, that Chicago crowd was booing him. So there was a mixed reaction. Then there was some cheers. So, you know, it seemed like, like they didn't know whether they were a fan of Goldberg or not. 
Goldberg was struggling to get through his promo. Though. This was very Ultimate Warrior-like. Goldberg was really struggling to get through his promo, and none of it really compelled me at all. You're like, first of all, then you had you had him calling Bobby Lashley scared. You have him getting in Bobby Lashley's face, and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna tell you why. I'm Goldberg. I'm either you know, whether I'm 45, 55, or 105. I'm Goldberg, and when I'm because I'm Goldberg." You don't want to face Goldberg, because I'm Goldberg. Like, what the fuck? Goldberg was never much of a talker, and boy, this is why. <laughs> this is why. But anyway, you know, whatever. I'm I'm giving it a chance. Goldberg calls Bobby Lashley scared. He says that he's next. Bobby Lashley does nothing about it. Then MVP and Bobby Lashley confront Goldberg's son in the front row. Goldberg comes out and gives a very weak-looking spear to MVP. Whatever, you know, it's... it's Whatever, okay way to open the show, you know. I'm not going to shit on it, right? So then we get Veer and Shanky versus Drew McIntyre. Because I guess we didn't get enough of Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal's posse. And we get it every week. But, you know, it's okay. That's what WWE's known for. Giving you the same matches every single week. But anyway, it is a handicap match between Veer and Shanky versus Drew McIntyre. Who, by the way, last year was main eventing WrestleMania with Brock Lesnar. Who, by the way, last year was winning the Royal Rumble to some of the biggest pop I've ever heard. Drew McIntyre, who, by the way, last year was the WWE champion, is now waving around a sword going against Veer and Shanky on Raw. And if this wasn't bad enough, the match, he can't even beat Veer and Shanky. No, we have to have a DQ because that's what the WWE does. So we have a DQ finish when Jinder Mahal basically gets involved in the matchup. So then Veer and Shanky and Jinder all jump Drew McIntyre. A three-on-one attack with a chair. And McIntyre gets right up and grabs his sword. He then swings said sword at Jinder Mahal's chair and knocks down the chair. Which then leads to Jinder Mahal retreating and running for his life. Then Veer runs for his life. And Shanky's in the corner, seven foot tall. Shanky is trembling in the corner while McIntyre... Fakes like he's going to kill him with a fucking sword. Then Shanky gets away. McIntyre makes fun of him for running. Then we cut to backstage while all three men are running for their lives. Saying that they gotta get out of here. Because McIntyre is armed with a sword. We then see McIntyre, he cuts a promo. Saying that he will... Give Jinder Mahal the option of hospital bed, graveyard, or Angela the sword. 
Drew McIntyre, former WWE champion, former Royal Rumble winner, former WrestleMania main eventer against Brock Lesnar is on Raw swinging around the sword, making fun of people for running away from a sword. And his feud right now is with Jinder Mahal, Shanky, and Veer. Well, okay then. Next, we then get Rhea Ripley versus Nia Jax. They have an okay matchup. Uh, Nia Jax got busted open pretty hard here. Rhea Ripley picks up the victory. Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax start arguing. Then Rhea Ripley takes out Jax again with the Riptide. Next, we got... We got video footage of Mace and T-Bar versus Mustafa Ali and Mansoor from last week's Raw. And as if we haven't seen already too many rematches on this goddamn show already from past weeks. We got Mace and T-Bar versus Mustafa Ali and Mansoor again here on Raw. Mustafa Ali being the hometown boy of Chicago comes out. Big cheers. And they lose to Mace and T-Bar, who are as over as a wet paper napkin. And, you know, I'm over here, like, looking at the time, because time just feels like it's dragging on at this point. And I'm realizing, shit, I'm about an hour in, almost. And there's not been one thing on this show so far... That I could sink my teeth in, or I could say, hey, you know, that was good, or that I enjoyed at all. So, at this point, I'm not really, you know, too enthusiastic about hour two, let alone hour three. But regardless, I keep watching, even after Mace and T-Bar beat Mustafa Ali and Mansoor in what is the... What, second time we've seen this in two weeks? A match that no one really gives a fuck about. But, you know, what What else could WWE do? What else could WWE do when they fucking fired everybody? What else could WWE do at this point when there's nobody on that damn roster? What else could they do when you have stars like Bray Wyatt set to come back and then released? What about stars that you were ha- you had on the rise that you were giving new characters to and building like Aleister Black and Buddy Murphy, and they are no longer there because they were released for budget cuts. What about star power and big-name guys like Braun Strowman that you released because of budget cuts? This is why this show is suffering so much. But anyway, we see Charlotte backstage. Charlotte is going to be going against Nikki A.S.H. tonight in a no-DQ match. And we see Nikki A.S.H. preparing for her match by running back and forth. Acting like a little child. Once again, who are you trying to appeal to here? Nikki A.S.H. is clearly appealing to the toddlers that watch Raw. Then you have people like Goldberg that you're trying to, you know... Bring out here to appeal to Laps fans that, you know, aren't probably watching any freaking way. 
But anyway, then, you know, Charlotte comes out, cuts a promo. She randomly is throwing in brooms and shit into the ring. Then Nikki Ash attacks her. Then we get highlights of Lily. Lily and Alexa Bliss. Which leads to a match between Dewdrop and Tamina. And this is where I'm at. At this point, I'm like, you know what? I I could care less for the rest of the show. I could care less for the rest of the show. I cannot sit through this anymore. I cannot sit through this Raw. Not saying that I will never watch Raw again. But on this particular episode, I feel like I have much better things to do than to watch Monday Night Raw. I feel like I have much better things to see. I have much better things to fucking do. I have a child on the way. You know, I have a child on the way. I have a pregnant fiance. And I'm sitting through a goddamn episode of Raw that an hour and a half in, I can't say one positive thing about. So... At that point, why am I even watching? At that point, what is the point? You know, yes, I'm sure we're going to see more Karrion Cross, And I was excited to see Cross and what's going to happen with Keith Lee. But I feel like they're already, you know, so ruined by the couple weeks that they've been back or been here on Raw. That it doesn't even matter. You know, I was excited to see what was going to happen with Damian Priest. And hey, they advertised Randy Orton for the show. And it was even reported that Randy Orton was nowhere to be found before the show. So Randy Orton, who is desperately needed on this show because they have no star power, was advertised and is not even in the venue. Now, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Randy Orton does show up. Maybe he did show up. I wouldn't know because I turned the shit off. But it was reported that the man who was advertised for the show to be probably one of the only big name stars on this show was not even seen in the venue. He was nowhere to be found. So that's my Raw report. An hour and a half in, I said fuck it and turned it off. I'm going to watch it next week, but goddamn is the WWE in need of a fucking... Overhaul. SmackDown is good. Not going to lie. It's not. I, I can't even say it's the whole WWE. SmackDown is good. But I'll be goddamned if I ever hear anybody say that Raw is the A-show. The A-show of what? Because Monday Night Raw is complete ass. And it's been ass the whole pandemic. And I thought there was hope when fans came back. I thought there was a little gleam of hope. That the Monday Night Raw show would actually be good once the fans come back. But WWE is a never-ending cycle of setting you up for failure. It's a never-ending cycle of getting your hopes up just to bring you back down to earth and be like, oh yeah, remember, this is the WWE. So, I don't know what I expected. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. 
Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to be going back in time here on the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. We're going to be going back in time to 2002 for NWA TNA episode 15 of the Asylum Years. You don't want to miss it, so stay tuned. Strap in your DeLorean seatbelt. We are going back in time. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to TNA The Asylum Years, where we here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast go back in time and go week by week for every episode of NWA TNA since its inception to the current product. But we are here talking about episode 15 of TNA The Asylum Years. This was a stacked show with a lot of name talent here. This show took place on October 2nd, 2002. Of course, from the world-famous Asylum in Nashville, Tennessee. So, let's get right into this Super Stack show. The, first of all, it is announced right off the bat that we're getting a world title match tonight between Ron the Truth Killings against Low Key because last week Low Key interfered in the matchup against Jerry Lynn, leading to Ron the Truth Killings losing an X Division title match to Jerry Lynn because of the interference. So, Ron the Truth Killings wants his revenge on Low Key tonight. We start off the show with BG James and Six Pac. They're coming out here. They call out everybody that jumped them last week. Jeff Jarrett, Brian Lawler, Elix Skipper. Then they get on to the truth. They said that the truth is the future. Then, well, they say if the truth is the future, then the future looks brim. Six Pac says that he respects Low Key, but he is not in their league. So they should be the ones going after the truth. So that was a bit of a disrespectful little jab there from Six Pac. But then BG says that he wants the truth. Truth then comes out. He says he only gives opportunities to those who look like him. Those who don't have a silver spoon dangling from their cracker ass. Very controversial there. Uh, Six Pack says that he's sick of the race car being played here by the truth. And he wants to get it on. Jeff Jarrett then comes out. He says that something's missing. And it's Scott Hall. He says Scott Hall's dealing with his personal demons again. Tonight, he said that there won't be a six-man for the six-man tag match. He said that there will be a handicap match between them two versus him, Skipper, and Lawler. 
Lawler and Skipper attack from behind, and BG James and Pac get the upper hand. Next, we got a the first match of the night. It is Sharkboy versus the Amazing Red. And to be honest, Sharkboy showed a lot of aggression here. This was a good back-and-forth matchup. Sharkboy got a lot of offense in. And also during this matchup, it was announced that Elix Skipper was removed from the matchup tonight. So he will not be being in the main event. Therefore, it is not a handicap match. It will be just a regular two-on-two match between Six Pac and BG James versus Jeff Jarrett and Brian Lawler. Elix Skipper's on commentary here during the Amazing Red and the Sharkboy match here. And he's pissed off. He's talking a lot of shit towards both guys. Um, yeah, so in the end here, Amazing Red picks up the victory. Then Elix Skipper attacks Amazing Red. We got a recap of last week's match between Ron the Truth Killings and Jerry Lynn. Then we got a promo from Loki. Loki calls out Six Pac for uh, the comments that he made earlier in the show. Tonight, like I said, it is Loki versus Ron the Truth Killings for the NWA champion. Next, the SAT is set to come out. Their music hits, but instead, Ron the Truth Killings comes out. He calls out Loki. Loki comes out, and we're getting the world title match right here, right now, in the middle of the show. So here we go. Set the table. NWA world title match Loki versus Ron the Truth Killings. Ron the Truth Killings and Loki have a pretty good matchup, but in the end, Ron the Truth Killings retains. He wins the end. Well, he retains his NWA world champion. But the story of the matchup is there's a man with a mask on, a white mask and a white hood. He attacks Ron the Truth Killings from behind after the matchup, really lays him out, puts the beats down to the truth. Uh, we will get into who that is in a couple weeks. You know, it's going to shock the world. Uh, next, we got the uh, SAT versus the Flying Elvises. Flying Elvises pick up the victory here. Sonny Siaki next against David Young. Sunny Siaki wins. We have a recap here of the tag team title match last week between Ron Harris and Brian Lee versus AMW. We got a rematch this week, but there is no Brian Lee to be found. Instead, we have a random Australian wrestler named Ashley Hudson teaming up with Ron Harris. This shit don't make that much sense. But AMW defeats Harris and Hudson. This leads to Ron Harris attacking Ashley Hudson and AMW and Don Harris coming out and he takes out Ron Harris. We next get the X Division title ladder match between AJ Styles and Jerry Lynn. Mind you, this is the second ladder match in two weeks. And yeah, it was a really good match. Amazing matchup. Of course, what else do you expect from these two guys? But in the end, Sonny Siaki interferes, causing AJ Styles to pick up the victory. He climbs the ladder, pulls down the belt. Bullet Bob Armstrong comes out and he says that he is reversing the decision. Jerry Lynn is still the champion due to the interference of Sonny Siaki. And we're going to even the odds next week as we have yet another ladder match between Jerry Lynn and AJ Styles. So if you didn't plan on this match really mattering and you plan on having yet another ladder match between AJ and Jerry Lynn next week, what was the point of having this match get time? We're getting AJ versus Lynn again in the same gimmick match a week later. Mind you, this is the third ladder match that we've seen on this show in four weeks. Freaking ridiculous that they're just playing out the whole gimmick of the ladder. But yet, yet again, we're going to be getting AJ Styles versus Jerry Lynn for the X Division Champion in a ladder match next week. I guess so. Whatever. Main event of the show is Six Pac and BG James versus Jeff Jarrett and Brian Lawler. Before the matchup, Six Pac says that he is banging April 
behind uh, Brian Lawler's back, and if Brian Lawler wins tonight, he could actually watch them fuck, which is a real, you know, shitty thing for X-Pac to say there. This ticks off Brian Lawler. We get a pretty good tag match here. You know, what? it wasn't, you know, anything amazing. It wasn't anything too dazzling, but nonetheless, BG James and Six-Pac pick up the victory after the match. Ron the Truth Killings, Elix Skipper, they attack Pac and BG James. This leads to Amazing Red and SAT coming out trying to make the save, but they're not enough for the team of Elix Skipper, Ron the Truth Killings, Brian Lawler, and Jeff Jarrett, which is the most thrown-together team ever. But anyway, the show ends with Jeff Jarrett and his posse, I guess, standing tall. This show was okay. I wasn't a big fan of it. To be honest, this was a weaker episode of NWA TNA. And I'm more excited for next week because there is going to be a perfect debut. So, we'll talk all about that next week. I hope everyone has a great day. Make sure you tune in to NXT tonight on Sci-Fi. It should be at a really good show. We're on the road to NXT TakeOver 36. Samoa Joe is back to in-ring action, so you don't want to miss that. We'll talk all about that on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast tomorrow, so make sure you tune in. Once again, if you don't follow us on Twitter, at W underscore DeLorean Pod. Follow us on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. And follow us on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Hope everyone has a great day. Stay positive, stay strong, stay healthy. One love. Peace out. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.